Hello there, and welcome to Planet Sport Football Africa, the show where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams, currently in Sweden, having a few weeks away from South Africa, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. Well, today we ask if it's true to say that there are no small teams in African football these days, or does the gap between the big teams and the small teams still exist? The likes of Nigeria, Cameroon, and Egypt are no longer the dominant powerhouses that they were a few years ago, and we've seen Cape Verde progress into the top ten ranked African nations. But what about the really small teams? Can they grow too? We speak to the coach of the Seychelles. The problem is, the, is uh, most, in most cases, the structure. You know, maybe in uh, the smaller team. Well, that's coming up. But uh, firstly, Solomon, you've been in Sweden for a few weeks studying. Back in South Africa for the show next week. But uh, tell us a bit about how life in Sweden is there in Northern Europe. Well, Steve, I've been enjoying Sweden so far. It's such a great country, very peaceful. I've met, you know, quite a lot of uh, wonderful people here in Sweden. Uh, one thing, though, I must mention is the weather. It's summer right now uh, in Sweden, but it's still very cold for me as an African. You know, I'm used to that warm, hot weather. But the high you get here sometimes is like 16 degrees, 17 degrees. And, and also, I must say, you know, during summer, the sun uh, sets very, very late. Uh, sometimes you get to 11 p.m. and it's still very very bright it's a very short night by uh, 4 30 in the morning uh, you know everywhere is very bright already and sweden is also a very sporting nation we know that sweden is home to zlatan abrahimovic the psg striker and a lot of other youth players from nigeria this has uh, been uh, the hotbed for them and they've been through here enjoying it and then a lot of them made it to the big league and when it comes to female football sweden has one of the best leagues in the world and uh, Marta, the great Brazilian player who has won the female footballer of the year five times. She plays here in this league and there's a Cameroonian player that played here, a couple of Nigerian players also playing here in, in Sweden. So it's indeed a, a great uh, sporting nation. Uh, ice hockey is quite huge here and I, I love everything about it. I love the culture. Uh, I, I love you know the simplicity of the people and I love their, their, their warm hospitality also. Well, great that you've had a good time there in Sweden, Solomon, and do travel safely back to South Africa. We say a big well done to Cameroon's ladies for reaching the second round of the FIFA Women's World Cup in Canada. They went down 1-0 to China there, but they got the furthest of the African teams, and they did that on their debut appearance at the tournament. Congratulations, too, to Mali and Senegal taking third and fourth place at the FIFA Under-20 World Cup in New Zealand. Lots of action on the continent last weekend in the first legs of the preliminary round of the 2016 African Nations Championship. This the tournament for the locally based players. Uganda sprang a surprise with a 3-0 win away to Tanzania. Other results included Senegal beating neighbours the Gambia 3-1, Namibia beat Zambia 2-1, Ethiopia were 2-0 winners over Kenya, and Guinea-Bissau managed to hold Mali to a 1-1 draw. Some reaction on the WhatsApp from Malawi. Alfred Mdimba says he's been enjoying the 2016 African Nations Championship qualifiers. 
From the Gambia, Modo GJ Colley says at this time we'll qualify for the African Nations Championship for the first time. Abli Osise was very disappointed by Gambia's performance, says it was a dismal performance by our Scorpions. Uh, Suleiman Sonko there says hard luck to the Gambia, but uh, we hope to overcome in the second leg and it gives a big opportunity for the locally based players. Well, now to our main topic this week on the show, as we ask uh, the question, is it true to say that there are no small teams in African football these days? Or does that gap between the big teams and the small teams still exist? The likes of Nigeria, Cameroon and Egypt were among the undisputed big teams of African football back in the 1990s. But things have certainly changed since then. Angola and Togo both qualified for the 2006 World Cup and we've seen Cape Verde progress into the top 10 ranked African teams. Just taking a look at the results of the Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers two weeks ago. The Seychelles hammered 4-0 by Algeria. Fellow Minos Mauritius went down 7-1 to Ghana. And Djibouti lost 8-1 to Tunisia. So it is still tough for some of the real small teams. But the Gambia drew 0-0 away to South Africa. Mauritania nearly got a draw with Cameroon. Just a late goal gave Cameroon a 1-0 win. Guinea-Bissau got a 0-0 draw away to Zambia. And Swaziland beat Guinea 2-1 on neutral ground in Morocco. Uh, So, Solomon, what do you think? Are there small teams in African football these days? Well, Steve, uh, if you look at Gambia going all the way to Durban and getting a good result against South Africa, that is no mean feat. Ghana won their game fair and square against Mauritius, who is also a very small football country. There are still big teams, but the gap has really narrowed down. For me, the difference between the big teams and the small teams is just experience. Uh, the big teams have been to the World Cup, maybe have been to a couple of Africa Cup of Nations, have some big players playing in Europe, and also they have really been able to get some sort of experience so that has really played to their advantage and they come back home and play the small teams and the small teams sometimes have no chance but some of the small uh, football uh, countries uh, they go overseas in Europe and look for uh, football players whose parents are from their country who are from Africa you know and, and they cut them because they these football players were born in maybe Spain or born in France or born in Germany and they got some of the best football experiences uh, you know going through youth football academy at Cape Verde you know they have benefited so much from that a lot of their players are Portuguese born players some of the minor teams also becoming very organized and, and getting good administration and Ethiopia is one country that is really investing so much in that. We've seen Uganda lately also coming close. Uh, So I guess, you know, gradually we're going to see that gap uh, closing down. Okay, well, let's uh, hear from the coach of one of the smallest teams in Africa, the Seychelles, who are ranked 187 in the world, with only six African teams below them. They've never got anywhere in World Cup or Nations Cup qualifying. Their biggest achievement is winning and hosting the 2011 Indian Ocean Island Games. Well, their coach Ulrich Matthew is a local coach from the Seychelles. He also works as a CAF instructor, so he has plenty of experience across Africa. And he told us what development of smaller teams he's seeing in Africa. The problem is, the, is uh, most, in most cases, the structure. You know, maybe in uh, the smaller team or in a lesser country, uh, called financially, they still uh, don't have the structure or they don't take it into consideration that player, you must make them. They have the potential, but you must build them. You must mold them. And for you to mold them, you must have the structure. This is first thing. The second one is the education of the coach. So 
you must have the coaches who are following different courses, different levels. For example, in Africa, in CAF, they have introduced four or five years ago license C, license B, license A, and very soon they will be doing license, professional license. In fact, I was in Zimbabwe two years ago. I did a license B with the two coaches were there. So you see, this is good. But the thing is now, now we have to give them resources. Resources, first of all, and time to work. Because sometimes in a lot of countries in Africa, especially the smaller one, we try to look for the quick fix. Try to get the player, bring some foreigner. I think they should have a proper structure like we're doing in Seychelles. For example, in our case, as a technical area, I know, we have eight secondary schools. You know, our population is 90,000, not much than that. Eh? We have, since last year, we have introduced an academy and the 13 and the 15 in each of these secondary schools. So they train three times a week and we use our licensed coaches. They go there three times and our program. Eh? And then this year we have introduced what we call the squad development. What I'm telling you in the school is academy. In the squad development, we select the best and the 16 from the academy. They are playing in the third division. And the best and the 17, they're playing in second division. Then we have a stable and the 20 team that trains. They are from the club. So these are the type of structure that I'm talking about. And then you follow as a technical, you follow the development. You can introduce your, what we call your philosophy, because you must have a philosophy. But if you are changing coaches every now and then, every one of them, they come with their own philosophy. So it takes time for you to... So that's the coach of the Seychelles national team, Ulrich Matthieu. He's also a CAF instructor. So he says that you need a good structure, good coaches and the resources, and then your team can make progress in African football. Having said that, though, his team, the Seychelles, are still one of the lowest ranked teams in Africa. And with a population of just 90,000, it's obviously a big challenge. On the other hand, Cape Verde has only half a million people and they're ranked number six in Africa. So, Solomon, do you think that any team can become a big team in Africa if they get things right? I don't think it is enough for us to get uh, good structure, good coaches and resources. You know, that is uh, definitely very important. And I think a lot of African teams don't have the good structure, uh, you know, the good coaching. You know, you, f- you hire and you fire when you want to. And the resources, uh, financial resources, human resources. But having said that, a country like Seychelles uh, might have all that resources, but they're still going to be uh, out there as a, as a very low, low-ranked team. I think one of the major ingredients that they also need is you need the talent. You know, pull up players uh, where you can pick from, you know, playing at home and also in Europe. And importantly, to identify talented players and, and be able to make sure they get the opportunity to play. So Solomon thinks it's going to be hard for the lowest ranked nations to grow and make an impact in African football, but that the other smaller teams do have a chance of getting somewhere. Tell us what you think on Facebook or on WhatsApp. Is it true to say there are no small teams in African football these days? Or does the gap between the big teams and the small teams still exist? Our WhatsApp number is plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Okay, let's go to our European football expert, Stuart Weir, in the UK now, uh, where there have been many small teams in European football for many years, uh, such as San Marino. Uh, The Faroe Islands, uh, another tiny nation, but they've uh, moved up the world rankings and are just outside the top 100 now. And Wales, Stuart, are on an incredible run at the moment, uh, thanks largely to the exploits of Real Madrid's Gareth Bale. Yes, I mean, Wales really have put themselves in a position 
to qualify for next year's European Championships. Now, it's a little bit easier to qualify for this European Championship than any previous one since uh, we've gone up from 16 to 24 teams. And given that there's only 53 countries in Europe, it's almost a 50-50 chance. But Wales look as if they're going to win the group. And, you know, it's it's a well-organised team with a group of players who, generally speaking, do not play at the absolute top league and then drop into that Gareth Bale. You know, a world-class player and a world-class player who just does the business for Wales. You know, he has scored several crucial goals, including the one uh, which beat Belgium in their most recent game. And it looked like a nil-nil game, and suddenly Bale, just in a moment of absolute class, scores. It just seems that when he plays for Wales, he is able to do it. And the fact that he's playing alongside lesser players is something which he has come to terms with. You know, if you've got Ronaldo alongside you at Real Madrid, it's a bit of a different game than playing with for Wales. But, you know, Bale has made that adjustment and he's played really well for Wales. And it'd be great to see Wales getting to their first major championship since Wait For It, 1958. Well, Stuart, looking at some really small teams in European football, San Marino always down there at the bottom of the rankings, and Gibraltar, not an independent nation as such. They're in European qualifying for the first time, but were hammered 7-0 by Germany. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got, you've got San Marino, uh, Gibraltar, Liechtenstein, all of them with a population of less than 35,000. That's the size of a smallish town in most countries. And, I mean, you mentioned the Faroe Islands. When the Faroe Islands beat Greece last year, somebody described it as the biggest shock of all time in football. And, you know, at that point, they were 169 places below Greece. But they've beaten Greece home and away in the European Championships. And while, as you say, the Faroes are really a small group of islands... Greece, may I remind you, were the European champions in 2004. Well, thanks very much to Stuart Weir in the UK. Tell us what you think. Do you think it's true that there are no small teams in African football these days? Or does that gap between the big teams and the small teams in international football still exist? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, uh, which is Planet Sport Football Africa. You can post a message there. Also, you can follow us on Twitter. The address is at Planet Sport FA. You can keep in touch with news about the programme at African Football News in general on at Planet Sport FA. So from me, Steve Vickers in Zimbabwe, from Solomon Ashams and Stuart Weir, thanks a lot for listening. You can find us online at planetsport.tv and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.